Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and SoundCloud. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. On Monday morning, hockey fans across North America awoke to the news that an iconic hockey broadcaster was hanging up his headset after 47 years as a broadcaster and 50 years covering the sport. He is, without a doubt, the best play-by-play announcer in the business, and I'm not just talking hockey. He has won eight Sports Emmy Awards as most outstanding play-by-play announcer, including an unprecedented seven in a row. That's a dynasty the Montreal Canadiens, New York Islanders, and Edmonton Oilers would be jealous of. He has a new book out called Off Mike, How a Kid from Basketball Crazy Indiana Became America's NHL Voice. I'm proud to call him as a friend, and I had a chance to speak with him uh, early on Wednesday. Here's my conversation with Mike Emmerich. Mike, I appreciate you coming on. It's, I know you've been very busy uh, answering, you know, being on other shows and uh, the conference call on Monday. Thank you again for coming on, and I appreciate you uh, for all you've done for me over the years. Oh, my, uh, what you've done for hockey and what your parents have done for hockey, particularly in the Philadelphia area, uh, why wouldn't anyone want to talk to you? It's been wonderful. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, my mom uh, sent her uh, sentiments along, and she posted on Facebook with the article I had written about your uh, announcement on Monday. Uh, he, uh, he, she said, along with being the best announcer, he was also a true gentleman. He certainly will be missed. Hopefully he will still come to an AHL convention every now and then. <laughs> well, we all want to travel and do those things when it's safe to do so, and I'm sure anxious for that time to come in our lives, aren't you? My goodness, it's been it's been a long time. It did give me a little bit of a trial run on what retirement would be like, and my wife is still very friendly to me and admires how I've been able to learn where the light switches are in the house. <laughs> That's good. Uh, by the way, the AHL, AHL convention is supposed to be Syracuse this year. I've, it was kind of tough, and I haven't, had, I haven't had a chance to go down to Philadelphia to see my mom. She turned 80 a couple weeks ago, so it's like I feel bad not being able to get down there. So, Anyway, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, what led your decision to retire. Um, older people than myself, who I have sat and had coffee with over the years, have occasionally mentioned to me when they ask me when I'm going to retire, and I said, gee, I like the job, and I I love doing it. Uh, They said, usually they would say, and this is the beginning of one of the chapters of the book, a couple of guys that I knew that were retired said, you'll know when. And somewhere in the middle of the Stanley Cup playoffs this year, the realization came to me that I knew when. And it wasn't out of feeling bad one day when I woke up or feeling ill because, uh, knock on wood, thank God, I still have my health and I still feel good. And so I'm, I'm fine that way. It was just the realization that maybe, uh, that maybe there were a lot of round numbers in my hockey life. I saw my first game 60 years ago. Uh, I covered my first NHL games in Pittsburgh 50 years ago, and I've been doing NHL games on television for 40 years. And a lot of time had passed. I'd flown a lot of places. I'd done eight games in 10 days in eight different cities uh, and and still lived to tell about it. And I'd had a lot of 
good fortune health-wise to continue to do this. And I guess the inclination that a lot of people would have had was, well, why don't you just keep doing it? Well, there's an end to everything, and there can also be a beginning to something. And as I said, Joyce and I are just fine, and uh, I wanted to move on to some other things too, and NBC has enabled me to keep my foot in hockey and keep my team jersey so that I can keep working with them some. But just not marking down a number of dates on a calendar that I have to go travel somewhere and do hockey games. So it came at just the right time, and sure enough, somewhere in the middle of the playoffs this year, the realization came that it was time. How tough was it doing games from home this year with the pandemic? There were two elements to it that were probably more of a challenge, and they were an equal challenge because I was here for our production crew in the truck and for Eddie Olchek and Brian Boucher, but typical of everybody uh, that was working in Edmonton, nobody complained about it. Uh, Number one, the far winger is always difficult, whether you are in an arena or not, because we are working off a four-inch sleeve number. And an eight and a nine and a three on a sleeve looks about the same. And you are dealing with four inches of material that give you a number, and then about a half inch of material that makes the difference between a three and eight and a nine. And you say, well, I mean, you look at pictures of guys, they all look different, yeah, but when they have helmets on, and when they're going up to 30 miles an hour, you only have a split second to make a decision on who you call. And your job is to identify players. That is hard inside an arena sometimes because we're so far away, but it oftentimes became more difficult and I had to wait a split second longer to identify the far winger working off of a screen at home. The other thing that was a challenge and I needed help on sometimes was when there were line changes because if you're sitting in a press box and the puck is dumped in and a defenseman is holding it behind the net, you look at the benches and see who is spilling over the boards to uh, to prepare your identifications for who might come up with a puck next. But when you're watching what people at home are watching, which is the defenseman holding the puck behind the net, you are only anticipating that there are player changes going on, and so that's what you say. And it was at that point that Eddie or Brian would be able to help me out some with what was going on. So there were a couple of occasions where it it did present a challenge. The upside to it was there was no lineup at the washroom in the intermissions, (laughs) and there was no difficulty in getting a soda uh, because I could go right to the refrigerator. So there, and and of course there was no travel uh, after games, which was something that the players didn't have either. They didn't have to uh, pack up and go somewhere after a game was over to get ready for the next one. They just went back to a hotel. But I compliment them on on the challenge that they undertook to be in a bubble situation and to compete as hard as they did for a championship. I like the fact that you would have a hockey jersey hanging behind you. I know you had a Hershey Bear one. The one that really got me was the Philadelphia Firebirds and uh, now, unfortunately, the late Gordy Brooks's uh, jersey that I know a mutual friend, Scoop Cooper, uh, uh, loaned you for that uh, one night. 
Yeah, uh, Steve Summers, who was the uh, writer for the Harrisburg Patriot News covering the Bears for a number of years, his son, Pat, was a, uh, he and I traveled together from uh, from Hershey, where I lived, up to New Jersey to do Devils games for two years, uh, from 93 to 95, and Pat now has a, uh, has a job in broadcasting himself in Washington, working with Fox. And Pat, um, of course, was a hockey fan and loved the sport and, and started as a hobby collecting jerseys. And so many of the jerseys which changed uh, were, were jerseys collected by Pat. You're absolutely right. Bruce Cooper uh, loaned me one of his most prized possessions, a Brooks uh, jersey that was given to him by Gordy Brooks. Uh, of the Philadelphia Firebirds, and then many of the other jerseys were loaned to me by by Pat Summers uh, from his wonderful collection of jerseys too. And a couple of them I had, but I, I'm not much of a collector of anything um, other than a couple of jerseys that are hanging up here now. An old Fort Wayne Comets 1961 that is a just a redo uh, in the modern era, and a, a Port Huron Flags jersey, which is not an original and not a game worn. It's just a redo as well. They just symbolize two teams that I really like. But you're right. Uh, that's a tribute to the minor leagues and 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 to uh, some franchises that undoubtedly are challenged about coming back for next year because the minor leagues, as you know, rely heavily on um, sponsorships and on ticket sales and. So that is a question mark uh, that a lot of them are facing now. I want to get to uh, some uh, comments some of uh, my uh, Facebook friends had posted when I was telling them I was going to talk to you. Glenn Murkowski, you know him from the Adirondack Red Wing days, he uh, posted, when Maine played Adirondack, there was more talent in the press box than on the ice, straighter slash Eric. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> I'm not so sure of that, although with Dave Strader, you'd have to say that might be. True. Uh, my old boss, Mark McGuire, is now working for um, Make a Wish. He says, uh, "When, when, when did he hit? On, when did you hit on developing your unique uh, word uses for calling a hockey game, and why? Uh, and all of your signature verbs. Which is your favorite?" Oh, gee, I don't know. I, 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 it was just an evolutionary process. There was nothing conspiratorial about it. Um, uh, Lyle Steig, who had done the Dayton Gems games and for one year broadcast Washington Capitals games told me when I was in grad school at Miami University, if you can come up with different ways of saying the many repetitive things that happen in hockey, that will help you. If, if every time the puck's dumped in from center ice, you say it's dumped in, you'll drive people nuts. So I, I did try to come up with different ways of saying things, but it wasn't anything that I wrote down or, or kept a, a note on, well, I've said that once, I can't say it again. It was just an evolving thing of different ways to say the same thing, and I added to it each year because of the number of games that I did. So it wasn't anything I planned out. It just happened that way. Uh, just a couple more here. Mark Mahoney uh, is our editorial editor. He says, uh, tell him he's inspired me to expand my uses of verbs in my writing, although I haven't figured out how to work ladles the puck into an editorial, but I will. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's good. Ladles was used originally by Gene Hart, so yes. that was a theft. Yes, uh, I stole that one from Gene. <laughs> Gene was a good one. Man. He, he, yes, he uh, was. And uh, Greg Cook, former Hershey Bears uh, radio announcer with Dan Kamal back in, uh, when I was covering Hershey. Uh, he says, uh, for Doc, those of us in Hershey were always appreciative of his fondness for our town and franchise. 
I loved how he regularly worked a reference to Hershey into his National Hockey League uh, NHL broadcast, the best. Well, that's kind. Yeah, Hershey uh, uh, wound up uh, being an easy excuse to use Hershey's name because they produced so many players in the NHL. So it was very, very simple to throw in the name of former Hershey Bear. Yeah. And one more from Frank Marshall from the New Jersey Devils Fan Club. He just uh, wants to thank you for all you've done for the AHL Booster Club Convention and the NHL Booster Club Convention all these years. You know, uh, he you know, he go on for a long time talking about talking about you. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I get to speak to the uh, Devils Fan Club on Monday, as a matter of fact, uh, all virtual, of course. Yeah. Uh, but we've all learned how to use Zoom, haven't we? <laughs> yes, we have. I, I'm still trying. I mean, I, I'm tech, technology savage, but uh, uh, but savvy. That's uh, savvy, but uh, I'm still trying to get used to the Zoom thing. So, uh, Mike, uh, again, a pleasure. And I, I, I told you on the conference call Monday between you and Steve Summers. I, I God, I miss Steve Summers. I mean. Uh, you know, passed away uh, you know, over you know, almost 30 years ago now from cancer. It's just, I learned a lot from you guys. I'm a, I'm a 20-something year old, uh, fresh uh, face covering Hershey Bears, and you know, I loved hockey growing up in Philadelphia, and that's where I first uh, got to hear you doing the updates uh, from the Maine Mariners uh, on the Flyers TV broadcast. And uh, uh, I mean, there's so much more I'd like to talk to you about, but I know you're, you're, you have other commitments, so I appreciate you and. Thank you again, and thank you for all you've done for hockey. And uh, enjoy your retirement. Let's please keep in touch. In fact, I'm going to send you a picture uh, I have of you and my dad. Oh, that would be wonderful. Please do that, Ken. It's always good to talk to you, and best to everyone who is on your line. I appreciate it. That's Mike Garrett. We're back with more of the podcast in just a moment. NASCAR fans, it's time to rev up the engines and play the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest. Each week during the 36-week racing season, you pick 10 drivers. If you have the week's best point total, you'll receive a $50 Hannaford gift card. If you have the best point total for the season, you'll win a $250 Hannaford gift card. Be part of the fun. Go to dailygazette.com slash autoracing. Get your motor running and play today. I'm Dr. Howard Zucker, New York State's Health Commissioner. It's flu season, and it's always a good idea to get the flu shot. But this year, it's more important than ever. A flu shot won't prevent COVID-19, but it will lower your chances of getting seriously sick from the flu. If you do get sick, the shot can lessen your symptoms and help you feel better sooner. The last thing you or the healthcare system needs during this pandemic is a bad flu season. So please, protect yourself and your community. Get a flu shot now. Hi, this is Byron Hunter, the world champion New York Giants. You're listening to the Parting Shot Podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Shot. Welcome back to the podcast. I mentioned the conference call Mike Emmer had with reporters on Monday to announce his retirement, and I participated in that call. If you get a chance, uh, go to dailygazette.com to read my story on that conference call with Mike. Well, reporters weren't the only ones on that uh, conference call. There were some prominent special guests to salute Mike. First up is Sam Flood, executive producer of NBC Sports. Well, Doc, it's a sad day, and they say there's no crying in hockey, but I've cried twice in the last 12 hours. Last night, when I received the video in the wee hours in the morning that Vinny Costello so nicely put together with your words, and again this morning when I watched it a second time, and I just went back to all the great moments we shared together. And 
what you've meant to this game. You've made it a better game. You've made it a better life for so many people because you care so much. You made every day fun. And when the Doc Emmerich evil chuckle comes in, when two gentlemen square off on the ice, you know it's a special day. Uh, and every day I got to talk to you, and every day I got to walk into a rink with you early in the morning for a morning skate. Uh, can never be replaced. But memories that will last a lifetime, going all the way to a bus ride from Detroit to Pittsburgh, watching the movie Slapshot with our production team and the rest of the announce group as you're doing the Stanley Cup final. There's nothing better than Hockey Doc, and we thank you for all you've done. And are so happy that you enjoyed it. So we're going to have a special time together with the animals and create some new memories. So thank you for all you've done for the sport of hockey and for the Flood family. NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman then came on the call to praise Mike. Oh, thank you. Hey, Doc, how are you doing? Uh, speaking yeah. of praising, which, which is the word you just used, uh, as you and I discussed yesterday, uh, you have been simply magnificent at your craft. You have been a magnificent representative of hockey for the last 50 years, particularly the NHL. Uh, there's nobody who does a play-by-play as well as you do, and I just want to thank you for all of the incredible energy and effort you've given us and our fans in particular, uh, the insights you give them to the game, the experience you give them watching hockey uh, is just outstanding, and both personally and professionally, we're going to miss you. I'm going to miss you. But I wanted to remind you and everybody else, you are just a treasure. And while we respect the decision and I admire you going out on top with all those Emmys you needed or need to build the room around, uh, we think you're great and we're just going to miss you. But thank you, thank you, thank you. Eddie Olchek, who was the analyst with Mike for 14 seasons, gave an emotional tribute. Oh, wow. Um, I thank you. We all thank you, Doc, for your passion, your love for the game, your appreciation and love for people. And I thank you for trusting me 14 years ago when Sam gave me the opportunity to sit next to you for the very first time on NBC. When we, when you called me yesterday, uh, it was pouring rain here at home in Chicago and uh, I can honestly say after I hung up the phone with you that uh, my windows were up, the sunroof was closed, uh, but there was some water inside the car after finding out that uh, you decided to ride off into the sunset, and, and rightfully so. Uh, we've had many discussions over the years, which I will take with me the rest of my life and, and know that you are very much at peace, Doc, and my, uh, my phone 
my email has been swamped since late last night. Um, been hard conversations with a lot of people, uh, communicating with our teammate Brian Boucher, Jonesy, with Leanne Marks, and hearing from legendary hockey players like Ron Francis, Dennis Savard, sending their well wishes, players like Old Samuelson, Luke Richardson, Todd Marchant. The appreciation that everything you've given to our game, Doc, is that we're all much better for having you in our lives, and we will miss you. It is a sad day, as Sam said, and the commissioner, but uh, we are so happy for you and for Joyce, and uh, I couldn't be more proud to have been your partner for 14 years, and um, I'm going to miss you, but I know we're going to be in contact, and I thank you very much for the trust that you have given me and the support that you have given me and helped me become the broadcaster and person that I've become since our relationship. So um, I love you, and uh, I just wanted to make sure you knew how uh, important and impactful your career has been on a lot of people. And uh, I'm sure there are a lot of fans out there that feel the same way that uh, that we all do today. So I, I just wanted to jump on, and I know we got a lot of people there waiting to chat with you, but I just wanted to make sure you, you heard it. And uh, I look forward to a, another dinner and uh, another story or two, and maybe we can hit another 50-50 like we did in Detroit a few years ago, Doc. So uh, congratulations. We love you, and uh, I look forward to chatting with you and seeing you soon. New York Islanders General Manager Lou Lamarillo, who was the GM of the New Jersey Devils when Mike was uh, there broadcasting the team's games, came on to praise Mike. Hello, Mike. Uh, hi. Uh, after listening to, to Sam and Gary and, uh, uh, you know, Oli, I don't know what more can be said and how well they described you, uh, not only professionally, but personally. And I've had the honor and pleasure of going way back with you uh, where we both started. Uh, I remember being interviewed by you in 1972 at Bowling Green, and then you calling uh, one of the most penalized games between Providence and Bowling Green if uh, if my memory uh, serves me right. And then following yeah. you to... It was wonderful. <laughs> And then following you on to Port Huron with uh, a couple of those players who played for Providence actually played for your very, very uh, close friend, Marit Snyder. And uh, I understand you were in the room when I was trying to get them another $10,000 in a salary. Is that correct? Yeah, and you did, too. And Morris never forgave you for it. But, uh, but Mike, the, the years that we spent uh, in New Jersey, uh, I cherish uh, not only the professional that you brought to our organization, not only sharing in uh, first Stanley Cup, uh, the calling of it, uh, but the relationship that began uh, as people. And every time our paths cross, uh, I couldn't be more proud that 
Uh, I've had the privilege of uh, experiencing a part of your career, uh, but more important, the genuine interview of the type of person you are and the care that you have uh, for individuals. And I'm sitting here listening, and here you are, you're going and speak to the Devil's uh, fan club, but which I know you went back every year to do so. And there has never been anything asked of you that you've ever said no to, no matter how small and how big. And I thank you on behalf of all the players, all the fans that uh, we both shared. Uh, there's no one better. Uh, I've always said that there's uh, two, three kinds of people in this world. The ones you like, but you might not respect. And there's, there's the ones you respect, but you not, might not like. But there is no one in this world that I've crossed paths that didn't not only like you, but respected you to the highest level. I've never heard a word other than that. And congratulations on a career uh, that should feel so proud. And, and Joyce and all your other associates, uh, the, the animals around that we've all shared with you at many different times. And uh, once again, thank you, Mike. Uh, uh, I can't really say enough without getting choked up about you. Thank you. Finally, Sunday Night Football announcer Al Michaels came on. He did not want to believe the news. So, so Doc, I'm out here, you know, on the coast. I wake up this morning, I look at the press release, and I'm thinking, this has to be fake news. Please let it be fake news. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but it's not. I've been listening for the last half hour. All I would like to tell you, well, I'd like to tell you a few things. Number one, I had the great pleasure of working with John Madden for seven years, and I've said many times that I think John Madden was as important and relevant to the National Football League as any figure I can think of. And that's because not only what he did as a coach, it was a 10-year career, he was great, but what he did as a broadcaster, and he made the game, he created the template for what football broadcasting and then he of course went on to to make the largest selling video game maybe of all time so in your retirement i would like you to create a video game because i think of you much as i think of john madden as a man who has been as important to the national hockey league as anybody and i say that because you have made the game so much more relevant interesting relatable exciting and I think just in listening to you people who love hockey and you know I'm in that cult but we love you but you've also brought a lot of people into the game who might not otherwise have paid attention to hockey what amazes me about you there are so many things Scott the fact that you know you've done a bunch of triple and quadruple overtime games and you sound as great in the you know the fourth hour as you have at the, the opening face-off. Uh, it's, it's, it's tremendous, the energy you have, the enthusiasm, and of course your love for the game shows you every time you're on the air. I think back to, you know, when we were together at the 2010 Olympics in Vancouver, and I had done the Olympics in 22 years, I'd been at ABC, come over to NBC. Remember Richard Sandemir is writing for the New York Times, and he said it's the 30th anniversary of Lake Placid. Shouldn't you be doing hockey? And I said, no way. Number one, I can't do hockey one-tenth as well as Mike Emmerich. Number two, I want to listen to Mike Emmerich do hockey. 
So that was never an issue. And, of course, you wound up doing the Golden Goal game because Sidney Crosby scoring in Vancouver. It was phenomenal. I'll also tell you that I have a grandson who is now 14, plays hockey. He's pretty good. He's, you know, he, plays, he lives in uh, Southern California. They train with the Kings train. And, uh, and by the way, thank you for announcing those two Stanley Cup wins for the Kings in 12 and 14. But he's a good little hockey player. And he said to me about a year ago, he said, Pop up, when are you going to retire? And I said, Nate, I'm going to retire when I can announce your debut in the National Hockey League. And he was pretty excited about that. He came to me about six months ago and he says, Hey, Pop up, can't you get Mike Emmerich to do that game? So, Doc, I'm going to have to bring you out of retirement to do that game for my grandson. And the only other question I have, or request, Doc, is that I would like you to leave for me some of your unused verbs so I can use them on Sunday Night Football. You're a great man. Some great tributes for a great man. Mike, enjoy your retirement. We're back to wrap up the podcast in just a moment. Hey, football fans, the Daily Gazette You Pick'em Football Contest is back. Predict the winners of the weekly games via your You Pick'em online account. The fan with the most correct points each week gets their name in Thursday's Daily Gazette and wins a $100 ShopRite grocery gift card. The fan with the most overall points after 23 weeks wins a $1,000 travel voucher and could win a trip to Hawaii. To play, go to dailygazette.com football and create your account or use your past account. Select the teams you think will win. You may enter your picks and score predictions five minutes before the start of each game. For official rules, go to dailygazette.com football. For questions concerning the local contest, contact Randy Lewis at rlewis at dailygazette.net. The trip to Hawaii is part of a national contest. The You Pick'em Football Contest is run by the Daily Gazette Advertising Department and not associated with the Daily Gazette Sports Department. What's going on, everybody? My name is Freddie Coleman, host of ESPN Radio's Freddie and Fitzsimmons, and you're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Back to wrap up the podcast, check out my Parting Shots blog for my Week 7 NFL picks and TV listings. Go to dailygazette.com slash category slash sports slash parting dash shots. Once again, I'm going head-to-head with Daily Gazette news columnist Sarah Foss. Sarah went 8-6 last week to improve the 62-28-1. I was 9-5 to go to 59-31-1. Keep checking out dailygazette.com and the print edition for the latest updates in news and sports on the coronavirus pandemic. I want to thank all the doctors, nurses, and first responders who are dealing with this pandemic. We appreciate the job you're doing in this difficult time. Now that the state is reopened, that does not mean you should relax. Keep wearing the face mask while you're out. Be considerate. Be safe. Remember that Election Day is November 3rd. Be sure to get out and vote. That wraps up another edition of the Party Shots podcast. I'd like to thank the legendary Mike Emmerich for coming on the show. The Parting Shots podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and SoundCloud. 
Subscribe today. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shots. That's S-C-H-O-T-T at DailyGazette.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Slapshots. The views expressed in the Party Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Party Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Party Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good sports, be smart, stay safe.